Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin and today I'm joined by... Jake. Chris. And Ames. Today we're here with episode 35. Woo! Uh, And we're going to discuss classic Star Trek episodes, The Empath and Elan of Troyes. You didn't like The Empath, Oh, you groaned about The Empath. I groaned about both of these episodes, to be honest. Uh, Enjoy. Me too, but only because of the sexy ladies that were in them. So the empath. Once again, we're visiting an abandoned research station, Minarath Two. Apparently, thank you, Ames. And the the crew is gone, guys. Where have they gone? And the reason why the Enterprise crew are there is that uh, the star that the planet is orbiting is about to go nova, so they want to help them GTFO. But when Kirk, Spock, and Doc beam down, everyone's gone, and they watch some tapes, the tapes show that some sort of horrible sound thing happens and the people on board disappear, and two seconds later we watch the same thing happen to our uh, crew. Great foreshadowing, guys. It was great, they nailed it. They come to in a big black room, also known as the way they were dealing with no budget. I actually liked it, though. I didn't mind it, no. Ah. I actually really like this episode, so. Anyway, they walk through the darkness for a while, and they find a weird spaceship from Galaga-shaped chaise lounge with a sexy lady (laughs) on it. They discover that she uh, has no vocal cords and is therefore a mute, which I'm not sure is really accurate. Like, mutes don't talk usually because psychological stuff, I think. I don't feel like that's right. I feel like... not having vocal cords will also render you mute. Right, but it's like, if that's totally normal for her species... Wait, wait, so what's Ariel the Little Mermaid? She's... Well, she she still has vocal cords. That's true. That's true, but she doesn't have a voice. That's true. She's mute. Is that what it's like when he orgasms? Be honest. No. <laughs> okay. That would be great okay. if Ariel made that trade with whatever her name is, the, the witch, Ursula. Or Ursula. And like Ursula's like, all right, I'm going to try out these new voice, this new vocal cords that I got. And she's like, oh, yeah, I, I still don't actually know how to say Why does she but... sound like a Wookiee? <laughs> it's funny because during the episode, Doc says, look at this stuff. And you went, isn't, isn't it neat? neat? I don't know. <laughs> uh, we're getting way off course. Anyway, so... She's mute. McCoy so, names her Jem for no fucking reason. For fucking no I thought reason. he named her Jen. <laughs> <laughs> well, the real problem with them naming her Jem is that for the rest of the episode, it was not clear who anyone was talking to. Because yep. DeForest Kelly says Jem and Jem. And they're almost indecipherably the yes. same fucking word. So anyway, she's an empath. And uh, they find out that she's being uh, held by these two weird aliens that reminded me of the Menagerie guys. Mm, they were, yeah. That uh, I the don't... The Vians. The Vians, there head, it is. Head prosthesis. Yeah, it was nice. It, it was good. good looking. Yeah, I liked it. And they are testing their... Well, the Vians have her held captive, we find out later, because they want to like try to discern whether or not her planet, which is in danger of being destroyed, is worthy of being saved. And they're testing this by seeing if she can make her instinct for self-sacrifice greater than her instinct for self-preservation. Which to me is like... Those aren't people worth saving, because they'll just kill themselves. <laughs> 
Well, but also that's not how instinct works. <laughs> like instinct is inborn. You don't like learn an instinct, dumbass. It was weird, but at any rate, she, you know, she gets close with the crew. The Vians decide that that Kirk and his men are like the perfect subjects for this test because they have displayed all of the necessary qualities? traits, qualities. No, yeah. kill me. No, kill me. No, kill me. <laughs> she can learn much from this race. <laughs> so anyway, so they have these admirable traits and qualities, and they give Kirk an ultimatum at one point, which is, you know, one of your men is going to be, you know, the next person that we horribly torture to try to draw this out of her. But, you know, if you choose the doctor, he has a 90, a 90 or no, 83% chance, 87%. 87% chance of death. And Spock, though he, Commander Spock, as they say, as they call him, uh, will will survive, but there's a 93% chance that he'll suffer brain damage? And go crazy! Fish eye lens crazy. No, no, they, they fired him. Yeah, but if if he had gone crazy, they would have brought the There's fish only eye one way to show, and that is fisheye lens. True. So Doc, in a fit of absolute fucking insanity, gives first Trank's Kirk, and Spock is like, that was a great idea, Doctor, because now I'm in charge, and I get to decide which of us will be sacrificed. And Doc is like, no, bitch, and hypos him, too. Which, before passing out, Spock is like, that was terribly unethical! And I was like, yeah! It really fucking was! (laughs) Jesus Christ! So Doc is just really out to get himself fucking killed. Yeah, he really wants to die. Except for last week, when he thought he was gonna die, and was, like, really morose about it. Make up your mind, Doc! <laughs> so anyway, the point is is the the Vians then torture Doc near to death, like very much like right on death's doorstep, and there's this beautiful moment, you know, where um Jem is like putting her hands on him and like trying to heal him and taking away his physical, like, you know, his wounds. But then she she backs away because she's scared, and they're like, mmm, just as we suspected. And the other one's like, no, no, wait. And then she does it again, and Doc's like, ugh, I can't let anyone kill themselves on my behalf. I can't cause harm, and, like, flings her away. And then Kirk Kirk's his way through by being like to the Vians, certainly there's something you can do to help him. You can't let him die. You've become everything you hate, and intellect is... Blah, whatever, the same fucking <laughs> tired story of, you've forgotten how to live. And uh, they're like, oh, fuck, you're right. So they save Doc, and I think, I assume, they save Jem's people, and everyone lives happily ever after. They, just, they zoom out. They, uh, <laughs> that was strange. And we go to the bridge for, like, the weirdest ending scene ever, I felt uh, like. Yeah, me too. But we got a good Spock one-liner, because basically they're like, oh... Seems like they let intellect get in the way of them living life. Huh, maybe Spock should go tell the Vulcans. And Spock is like, I will give the matter all the consideration that it is due. (laughs) And it was like, all right, Spock's back. Thank you, Spock. So yeah, that was that episode. Does that make sense? Did I do it? Okay, great. great. It was nice, concise. I was trying to like not talk about it for 20 hours. So then we had Elan of Troyes, or as I like to call it, My Fair Lady in Space. (laughs) In space! And we've got the... The Troyans and the Elas, right? Elasians? Elasians. She's Elon from 
Elas and their Elasian. I don't know, anyway. At least her name isn't... <laughs> so, anyway, in Elan of Troyes, we have two, like, completely opposing factions gonna do the marriage to make peace between their warring planets. One of them is a very warlike race whose women have the magic to make men fall in love with them forever with some bullshit in their tears. If they cry on you, and Lord knows women are always crying, so... Well... Mm. <laughs> yeah, this episode was pretty chauvinistic. Kirk says something to Spock at one point, like, Spock, the women on Vulcan are logical creatures, and you're the only species that can make that claim. And I was just like, well, he's not wrong. Uh, (laughs) No. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. We've got a a Trojan uh, ambassador on the ship. He's there to Henry Higgins up the the bride of the Trojan president, leader, king, monarch, whatever the fuck he is. Because she's been sold. Yeah. That's the other thing we can't forget here, that she's been sold to Troyes. Right. To make peace. To make peace. And she's really not happy about Against it. Against her will. Yeah. She's going to marry the king of Troyes. Yep. Well, that's all, I mean, that's all political marriages are anyway, is selling yeah, your daughters. Yeah, but the fact that, no. they, that, the, that the Federation is a party to this, apparently, and is, like, a considers this an essential thing. And going to the wedding. Yeah. The high well, commander because, is attending the wedding. Because the Klingons are eyeing that region for reasons they haven't figured yeah, out I mean, yet. I Until guess, the end of the episode. I guess yeah. in times of war, in times of we need dilithium crystals. Uh, well, like, no, <laughs> they, desperate they, times, desperate They don't even years. know about the dilithium yet. I know. Right, so the, you guys are jumping yeah, to the end sorry, of my sorry, fucking sorry. episode right, with right, your right, bullshit. Carry on, carry on. Jesus Christ. Anyway... There's a Trojan ambassador on the ship, and he's been sent to Henry Higgins' way through this El- Elan from Elige- from Elos, who is Elysian. And she uh, stabs him in the back <laughs> and pisses him off, obviously. So Kirk is like, I'm going to teach her how to be a lady by slapping her around and calling her a brat and, s- and uh, threatening, threatening spank spankings. Which and then, she'd be into that. Well, she was, because she's like, tell me more t- about these What is this spanking? spanking? I'm, dude, I'm telling you, there's someone on... Will you... Hey, don't fuck with my crinolines, crap. Crap? Cat? It's like cat and brat because yeah. single word. Oh, does he like the, I'll the teach texture you about, of your I'll grits? teach you about spanking, cat. Get out of here. This was a Rottenberry episode, I bet. Rottenberry. He had some rotten ideas. Make sure she brings up spankings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Is Roddenberry the secret dom behind all the weird dommy shit in this show? I Roddenberry had some weird sexual Did he? Shit. I'm going to look I'm just, into I'm just it. guessing based on everything, everything he's written. <laughs> You know, so th- there's already this bullshit going what on in the ship. What else can you do with that fist? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, while Kirk is trying to slap some fucking civilization into uh, Elon, she cries on him and makes her, him fall in love with her, which at first I was kind of like, is she just like, is this a ruse? But she really seemed into it, so I, I don't know. I still can't tell. Yeah, I don't really That's know. That's where this episode failed, because it should have been a ruse, or was set up to be a ruse. Yeah. But anyway. Well, but it sort of sounds like because she used the tears that she was bound by the same bullshit that he was, it seemed like a choosing and like a I choose who to cry on? I don't do I don't know. I didn't write the shit. Speaking of speaking of warlike races, uh it turns out the Klingons have been ghosting ghost censoring around ghost writing. And uh it turns out also that bodyguard number one, a Crichton, that's his name, his name's Crichton. He 
is working with the Klingons to fuck over the Enterprise and also is in love, maybe, with Elan, I think that was the thing. Yeah. Which I saw that fucking coming from a mile away. I was like, oh, here's this episode's Stan. There he <laughs> is. So he kind of goes into engineering and fucks around and burns out a whole bunch of shit. The mechanical system is fused. Whatever the fuck. Dilithium crystals are totally borked. And Kirk, you know, is trying to trying to outmaneuver the ship. They're like, we're going to board you or destroy you. He's like, oh no, our dilithium crystals are fucked. What do we do? And they sort of don't understand why the Klingons are interested in this, like, piece of space because they're, this galaxy, because they're obviously trying to, like, sabotage their mission. Why? Why? So the reason why uh, comes to light because a necklace that's a wedding gift from the prince regent of Troyes, he gives her this necklace, gives a gift to Elan, a wedding gift of this necklace, and it turns out that the necklace is made of dilithium crystals. Which she calls common stones. Yeah, it's just trash rocks. Right, so that shit's everywhere, and that's why the Klingons want it, because they want the dilithium crystals. Kirk's like, let's jam this dilithium into our dilithium holes and see if we can save the day. She's She was into that, too. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so uh, the day is saved. They get away, and suddenly uh, Elan is like totally fine with being sold off into this marriage. She puts on the wedding dress. She's wearing the necklace. She's wearing whatever, and happily ever after. And she Kirk cr- is cured. She cried by on the ship. She cried right. on the king, and it was fine. That was like the best part too. Was I was like I was like so I, I, before the end of the episode, I was like so and Kirk doesn't suffer because he's just impervious because James Kirk doesn't do love or what. And then it's like, Doc's like, I have an antidote to the tears. And Spock's like, not needed, bitch. I think it's needed. I think the Trojans need need that fucking thing. Yeah, no shit. You know what? They've got a fucking Elysian on their planet now. She can do whatever she fucking wants. How many times do you think, like, like, you know... Scotty has shown up for work in the morning and walked into the engine room and found Kirk jerking off on the dilithium chamber. Because the ship is his woman? Yeah. Uh. It happens all the time. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It turns out the antidote was the the Enterprise all along. Which, I mean, honestly, aside from that, I liked the episode. I liked both these episodes. Mm. I actually really did. I was expecting, like, when they first showed... Pretty lady, Jem, in the empath. Yeah, yeah. And she started fucking interpretive dancing her way around. I was like, Yeah, there yeah. I couldn't tell if I liked her was acting. That, was that actor maybe just a dancer? A dancer. That's because what I know. Was doing like ballet style, like. Oh, that's no, what I, I thought I, that too. I looked her up. She was a soap opera star. Oh, that, that actually explains. also that's, makes oh, yeah, sense. That's, that works too. That was just all in a day's work. Then <laughs> see, I remember it took a bit. I actually ended up liking. I ended up liking the empath as well. Uh, although it did take a bit to grow on me, because at first with the, like, budget-saving no-set combined with her weird movements, I was like, this feels like a community theater performance being put on by a company with, like, way too much faith in its ability to do art house. <sighs> See, I thought the the lack of set and everything being black in the background is... I'm sure it was a budget constraint kind of a thing. Oh, yeah. But I thought it actually worked because it made all like the colors on the floor and yeah, really the, pop. It, it did grow on me, uh, actually, relatively quickly. But at yeah. first, I was just like, what's happening here? Apparently, they also... uh, this episode was DeForest Kelly's favorite. Oh, really? He, did, he, did, he got some good moments in it, so... He, yeah. he got tortured better than Kirk, I think, because mm. he was dangling from his change much better than Kirk was. Well, that was the funny part. In the wide shots of totally Kirk and not a stuntman, <laughs> um, from behind, 
Kirk's arms are, like, basically, like, spread out almost as much as they can be. But then in the close-ups, he's got them, like, up next to his head. Yeah. Well, it's not how gravity would work, either. If you were hanging from chains yeah, that, yeah. that were just, like, straight down from the ceiling. Yeah. That's not how the chains would hang. But either. then they did the opposite with Doc's stuntman and then Doc. Where, That's like, they did. his arms were higher above his head in the wide shot from behind, but then further out on the close-up from the front. It's like they fucked up. Who was supposed to have their arms more spread out in the close-up? Mm. I mean, my critique of this episode is that it just took forever to do anything in this mm. episode. I feel like 90% of the episode, possibly because, you know, Jem was, was a mute, was meaningful looks yeah. between yes. between everyone and everyone else. Like, it just, like, if I feel like this story could have been effectively told in 20 minutes. Mm. And they stretch it out to, you know, 50 minutes or however long. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's been a problem with a lot of the TOS episodes, but for some reason, this time it didn't bother me, though. Really? I, for the life of me, I can't tell you why. Mm. Well, and the thing is, like, you feel like they could have had a slightly more substantial B-plot, because we do kind of check in with Scotty at one oh, point. Oh, right. They, like, on... do nothing. They watch the solar flares and say, well, we might as well enjoy ourselves, and then I guess they just went and played 3D chess or something? I mean, I just, I uh, clearly, the minute the camera cut, I was like, right, lads! Bust out the booze! Whatever the kegger. So. Kegger? Scotty would never drink beer. Like, it's a really good thing that it was these three that beamed down on this mission. Because they're the three main stars of the show? Well, no. But because Chekhov any- would have just immediately mounted her. Well, And sure. died. Well, I mean, anybody else, I feel like, would not have done the self-sacrifice thing as much as these guys did, like oh, especially yeah. McCoy. These three love self. Like, like it themselves. makes sense. Well, it's because they love each so, other. So, like, Kirk has a duty to his crew to not, you know, to take the hit <laughs> yeah. when when yeah. someone's going to die. It's got to be him. Yeah. Spock is always just going to choose the whoever whoever is most logical to die, which in this case was him. And McCoy apparently is just very very compassionate, I guess, uh, or I don't know. But, like, I feel like if, if Scotty was there, he wouldn't have done this. He wouldn't have been like, yes, torture me to death. <laughs> no. No, he though he would have. He punch the, the Vians. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and he would have got stuck in a stupid force field that's powered by hate. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, your resistance. I, I, I did really hate the way you get out of the force field was by, like, suppressing emotion. I did kind of... Like, then Spock should never have been in the force field to begin with. Well, I think it was a combination of both physical and emotional. Uh, I still hate Yeah, it was, it. it was resistance, so, like, if they were struggling at yeah, all. Yeah, I, I did kind of enjoy, though, that, like, Spock's blinked off first, and Kirk actually looked kind of surprised. Like, really, Kirk? You're shocked mm-hmm. by this? Uh-huh. Have you met him? He is half-human. True. And then, like, the, the, the stupid escape attempt, where they go to the surface and see Scotty and he's like Scotty's like hey and then Spock is like oh it was in a mirage doctor I was like don't act so smug Spock yeah, you, you were. fucking bought it too okay yeah. <laughs> but yeah why would they be on the planet like having a picnic yeah they told them to go away because solar storm or whatever the fuck and by the way this is like the third week in a row row for an episode that we've been recording where there's a planet that's about to like their sun is about to go supernova or some shit well no no I think it was at one point, the planet was going to go Nova. I yeah. forget which Not episode this one, that was. But yeah, a couple weeks. Yeah, no, this yeah. week it was at least a sun. Yeah, the sun was going supernova. For some reason, they decide, let's put a research station, like, right outside a sun that's going supernova, and then make sure to remember to rescue them at in time. Well, wasn't that 
in Space Madness, wasn't the reason no, the, that, that the planet was collapsing? Oh, that's right. But yes, that, this is what they do when shit's about to like die horribly. They go and look at it. Well, for, for a while. science, yeah, to understand greater yeah. understanding. You know There's what? always you know risk what? in these things. Safety first, idiots. Send a satellite or a probe or something without people in it. Check off. Check. Yes. <laughs> People are probably more expendable than really expensive pieces of equipment like that. Mm. I hate to say that, but it's probably true. That's true. There's a lot of people in the galaxy. Mm. My uh, my theory, by the way, for why Doc decided to call her Jem, because you know, they never did say where the fuck he got it, was probably it was a terrible pun, because they did find her deep underground. Uh, and she was all sparkly. She was wearing a she was shiny coat. So valuable, also. The thing is, the thing is, A, McCoy just decides to name her the second they meet her because she can't talk. Dude, power play. Uh, <laughs> true. Like, like being, maybe ask her if she's into it. Being and B, fair, though. Like, never, they almost never called her by her fucking name for the no, rest of the true. episode. The Vians catch on to it, though. <laughs> yeah, by the end, they're sold into it. Why didn't, well, why didn't they name her? They've known her longer. Eh, they don't care. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're too they're intellectual. Dickheads. How, does, how does McCoy know she doesn't have a name, and it's just some hand sign? Well, how come... Riddle me this, Star Trek. <laughs> What's black and white? How the fuck over? does her species have no means of communicating? They're em- No, yeah, they're empaths, so they can kind of feel each other, right? I guess they can feel each other. <laughs> um, I don't know, I mean... It looked like all she could do is she could detect if you were hurt and or like sad and try to help you. But it sounds like she was assimilating their feelings, like the feeling of self-sacrifice and the feeling of whatever boners. boners. Yeah. Also, it's possible that you know when she touches a member of her own species, maybe they have a stronger bond, maybe. and there can be a sort of a more proper communication than when she just touches a member of another I mean, species. So Deanna Troy is a empath yes is she i didn't know this <laughs> and like, they that's, do this, that's the that's the most sarcastic i can get they right do now. this weird thing in the pilot of tng which i don't think they ever do again where she talks to Riker with her brain without talking yeah I know, I, she I also that. are you though, sure he wasn't just imagining her tits speaking to him no i mean he's standing there and she's and she's like can you still hear my voice can you still read my thoughts? Sounds really sexy. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. It's not because, no. <laughs> okay, fair enough. This is pre-beard Riker and 80s hair Troy. So. <laughs> well, you're not going to hurt me with the 80s hair. I like that. Mm. But Riker's not my cup of tea with the beard. So mm. Really? Without oh, the beard, I love it with the still beard. Still wouldn't be. But, yeah, see, she, so this, but Troy, though, isn't such a, such a strong impact, empath that she can take your injuries. Well, yeah. It's just also like, that's not really it's empathy. not an empath, no. That's, that's, that's like, some sort of insane biological something. Yeah. Yeah, but they sort of used a lot of words that didn't mean what we think they mean. That's true. Like how bisexual doesn't mean you can reproduce on your own. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's true. I mean. So... The, so let's so let's get this straight. So the the Vians plan mm-hmm. is, is to break the prime directive and well, they don't have a prime directive. Yeah, because they're assholes. They're assholes. They don't they don't care. Well, I mean, to be fair, the Enterprise does, and they break it all the time. Who's, yeah. the, who's the bigger who's, asshole? Yeah, mm. the person that has the prime directive and shatters it, or the person who's just like fuck it. Right. So, so the, the Vians. There's take. a bunch. So okay. So the idea is that there's a bunch of inhabited worlds in this system, and the sun's about that's to going to get destroyed when the sun goes nova. Yeah, and the Vians have. Transporters. They only have enough transporters to beam 
One, pl- one, one race. One race to safety. Now, are they going to save everybody or just enough, like, enough breeding <laughs> two. terrors? Just two. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Adam and Eve, that shit? Yeah, that was not made explicit. So, but they have enough transporters to beam out enough people to save one species. Mm-hmm. So, they've kidnapped Jem and have... Tortured her a little. Well, they've... So, apparently, it's a good thing that the that the... Federation just happened to decide to set up a research station on this planet. Otherwise, they would have nobody to test. Yeah. So they kidnapped some enterprise, uh, some Federation people. Until they showed up, they just, they just had gems like gem like they, doing like they, puzzles they, for they children. Kidnap somebody, <laughs> Obama, I don't know, Ozaba, Ozaba, thanks Ozaba, and Link, and Link, and they kill them or tr- torture them to the edge of death, and then let them die. <laughs> because they're apparently not good enough to teach Jem the secret of love. This is, just, this is just bad teacher week on Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. like really, like this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna. Uh, I would just like to point out that they both got the results that they wanted. So are they really bad teachers? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because because they're, the only, they're the only people. yeah the only way they got the results because was because Kirk stepped in and put on his little mortar board and said, "I'm your teacher now." Well, that's what I meant. He's the good teacher. That's what yeah. I meant. Oh. Well, the now, now Ozaba, just, apparently, not a good teacher. You guys were saying, like, these, these the Vians were sort of like yet another of these, like, oh, you've gotten too intellectual, forgotten out of feel. But really, this I feel like this is a running theme that doesn't go away in Star Trek. You know, certainly... Advanced I know beings, like, get too fucking full of themselves? Yeah, and someone has to talk them down. Their like, heads even, get too big? There's, there's, even, there's definitely an enterprise like that. Where they're doing a similar kind of like, it's not quite the same. These guys sort of discover a situation and decide to test species by seeing how they deal with it rather than creating the situation. But it's the same thing where eventually Archer works out what's going on and gives them a Kirk style like, "You've forgotten how to feel." I think it's funny that you. I think it's funny that you're like, "This is a theme in Star Trek," and then the next, uh, the first, the example you have is from the last season. I mean, there's, last series there's, of Star Trek. There's other ones. I just can't think of them off the top of my head. Okay. But I feel like this, you know, alien race that's gotten too cold for its own good never quite goes away. Well, yeah, we've clearly reminded, seen it over and over. Yeah, this. they reminded me an awful lot of, of the Telosians, and not only because of the big bulbous heads, and that you know they were kind of testing a creature, and they loved they loved standing in the distance and watching from afar. Yeah, with their that was big their bulbous heads. Thing. With their big mm. bulbous heads. <laughs> Apparently, this was also another one of the episodes that was um ref- that they refused to air on BBC when it first came out because of all the torture. Mm-hmm. You know that they uh, don't let. Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were not Ninja Turtles but Hero Turtles in England because ninjas are like were or are illegal to depict wow. and so they would like switch out all of their like ninja weapons for like something else well I think huh. most of them it was okay they just replaced was it the Psy they had to get rid of or the, or the sword Whatever, whichever Michelangelo had oh the nunchucks they would replace the nunchucks with a grappling hook didn't one of them have throwing stars too? No, the Am I the this Foot up? Clan I think sometimes had throwing stars. Oh, okay. The Foot Clan, the Foot. But yeah, no, there's. I mean, these guys were very Telosian, like you know, yeah. big heads, weird tests, silver cloaks, being a bit yeah. full of themselves and a bit yeah. insufferable. And like wanting uh, wanting to like take two of a species and whole, populate their them. Their whole plan is so. 
stupid. It's really stupid. Yeah, it's a I bad mean, what's plan. If we never <laughs> meet any of the other species of the other planets that probably a different pair of idiot vines are testing. dickheads are these? Like, oh, your race is only worth saving if you learn to sacrifice yourself for others? Can I offer the opinion that if they weren't wasting their fucking time doing these tests, they could just save everybody? How long have they been doing this? Apparently a long time. That's what I mean. Like, this is fucking stupid, dude. You're wasting valuable fucking time. You could have beamed up half a million people in the amount of time you've been doing this horse shit. Mm -hmm. You do suck. You're not seeing the forest for the trees. And I hate you. But I did like this episode. Speaking of torture... Uh, I, I read that it took eight hours to because they did the did the, the, the makeup makeups going away and coming at, coming in and going away on Jem and McCoy over stop motion over like eight hours. Jesus, and really? they had yeah they it had wasn't to even that good. No, the the wrist stuff was wicked good, but the face well the stuff wrist wasn't stuff was because good. you can tell it was just a still photo. Yeah, oh, fair so I don't understand though because I it, I could have sworn to me it just looked like they had two frames they had one with Makeup and one there without was, makeup? There were three. Oh, was there? There was definitely three distinct ones. There oh. was, like, really bad, less bad, good. Oh. There may have been, there may have even been others for all I know. But, no, they had to, they had to like, strap uh, Catherine Hayes, uh, the actress playing Jem, to a board so that she would be perfectly still. So a mortar that they, board? A mortar board. Kirk's mortar, mortar board. board. So that they would have her perfectly still so that the shots would match when they did the, did the makeup on and off. The one that Kirk has is a motorboat, not a motorboat. He just wants to put it out there. Well, it was kind of for nothing then, because there were still obvious shifts between the, yeah, between the shots. Yeah, true. They weren't great. Oh, uh, her makeup. Her makeup was awesome, and her nails were great. I was like, who the fuck is doing this woman's nails? Where did she get this great manicure? Mm. These fake press-ons. And I loved her clothes. The clothes were nice. She had a nice little jumpsuit underneath. You could yeah. see her bum sometimes. Yeah, it was a nice bum. She was really pretty. I was, like, really distracted by how pretty she was. Like, I I remarked on it, like, ten times. I'm like, she's so fucking cute. Yeah, the the weird overacting because she couldn't talk, so she had to convey everything with, like, big movements and lots of fucking eyes. It's like a power eyes. She was very expressive, though. Like, honestly, I thought she was doing a good job, because I feel like some actors, Walter Koenig, can't can't express half that, and he does have his words. Poor Walter. Poor Walter. So... I think a, a big moment or a big plus for this episode is that the kind of the payoff of the scene towards ish to the end when Doc is like dying yeah. and Kirk and Spock and him are all having a moment and together. And Spock has great bedside manners. I does. loved it so much. So fucking sweet. Like it, it, if nothing else, this one did really do a good job for that the relationship there. I don't know. I feel like when nearly every other week McCoy is on death's bed on on, on his deathbed, and they're like, "We have to say goodbye to McCoy. He's about to die." They're like, "Ugh, again. Is this going to be for real this time?" You said something similar, Caitlin. I did. I like, was when like, did "Kill McCoy." I was like, "He's." They even believe it anymore. He's. <laughs> was it last week he was going to die? Like, what's happening here? But still, they acted it well, even if it's a bit they redundant. Did. They did. It, they did. Really it nice. was beautiful, and I loved that. I loved that you have a great bedside manner. Yeah. And like, I was just like, "Oh, their love is so pure." And then Doc shoving what's her name off, Jem. Yeah. Jem, Jem, Jem. Seriously, good character work, even if, again, the, the plans of the Vians is just. What? All of our, our mentally advanced or whatever aliens are fucking idiots. Yeah. Well, it's that um, book smart versus like, or intellectual smart versus like common sense. Street smart type of thing. Yeah, I mean. Well, it's like. It, they, they went. They went to Oxford when they should have went to the School of Hot Knocks. 
<laughs> oh, you know what comment I really liked? What? I really want a sand bat now. Oh. <laughs> I missed you miss yeah. this? So they see they see Jem and they're like, well, she looks she looks harmless enough. And Spock says something to the effect of, well, the sand bats of whatever the fuck planet, they look like they're just like pieces of rock or yeah. like gemstones. Yeah. Or, they look like something or other. Oh, uh, until they get close and they eat your face off. Mm. Yeah, it's funny. There was, there was, there was really yeah, strong there language. Was... I'm surprised that made it through the censors. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't like the torture it, though, for some reason. Mm. But yeah, there was that. And then there was like, oh, uh, like the culture on or something. It was like, oh, this is a weird, like, dropping names of things we've never seen episode, which Star Trek doesn't do a ton. It's kind of nice, though. Yeah, kinda yeah. Like yeah. That. A little bit Establishes of... a larger... Yeah. If, you, if you do it right. I've seen instances where they'll they'll mention things like that as a way of, oh, look, the world is bigger than it seems. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I get it. I get that that's why you're doing this. The universe yeah. is so fucking forced. Yeah, no, it can be definitely forced. This time it was just... It's surprising because Trek doesn't do it a lot, or at least the original one hasn't so far, so it was just like, huh, fair enough. You know what I think? What? I noticed in this episode. <laughs> no, um, no, this isn't a nerd comment. I was Damn gonna say, it! I, was gonna say, I can't quite put my finger on it, but the soundtrack was wrong. The, the 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 scoring was wrong, and like I picked up on it. I was like, "There's something weird here. Like it was different." Or I didn't notice with the sound, the soundtrack so much, but I did notice that whenever they used their fucking irons to do shit, there was no sound. Not always, anyway. Some, At the they, end, when they, they save Doc and shit, no, there's no sound. Oh, I was yeah, like, no, where's not. nothing? Not even beam, a woo-woo. Well, it was the beaming sound. When they got beamed, it made a noise. Yeah, it was inconsistent. Yeah. Mm. That bothered that me. Little, the little iron thing, too. Can we talk about that? It works on your brain waves. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And also, why did they let them keep it? I know! Well, because evidently that was the, it was all test. part of their plan. Yeah, yeah like they had to, sense. but they had to count on Spock being able to figure out how the thing works and adapt it to the thing is, his own brain. The thing is, it, it was apparently a dial for that, though. He had no tools, so he just was like, whoop, whoop, whoop. I thought he did it with the tricorder. Oh, I don't know. Is that what if, you're No, if they're expecting Spock and Kirk, uh, because they're in the middle of torturing McCoy. They leave them with the thing and figure, okay, if we leave them with the thing, they'll use it to either escape, which is fine, or come try to save McCoy. Which is better. But we need McCoy so that Jem can try to save him. That doesn't make sense. Like, they don't need Spock and Kirk to come try to save McCoy because that's like specifically what they're they're using their, their captive lady for. Well, right, and they also are not letting them interfere. They're like, no, you can't, like, try to make her do it. Yeah. And I'm like, can't she fucking hear you talking about the fact that you're not going to save the planet unless she does this thing? Does she know English? I don't. Really? No. It's kind of vague. I think she only kind of like listens to your feelings. Well, she didn't mm. not have eardrums, and they yeah, but do she... have. They do have. Um, oh, translators, don't they? Because I mean, I think right. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What I'm saying is, Kirk and Spock beam into the torture chamber just to be th- put in their little light cage anyway. So their Star Trek the motion picture poster <laughs> well, uh, light was, cage. It was so Kirk could have his meltdown about <laughs> intellectualism. Yeah, it's true. Do you think when two empaths bang, do they Ooh. feel each other's orgasms? I hope so. Oh gosh, slash, just because slash I hope not because then like, you know, the woman is faking it the whole time and the guy is just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, they can know. They'll be able to tell immediately. I can't figure out if both parties are are genuine, then it just sort of becomes a feedback loop for a while. That sounds awesome. Lasts like three days. Literally die. (laughs) 
when they like those rats that uh, keep pushing a button to have an orgasm instead yeah. of oh, to no. have food. Yeah, that makes you sad. That makes me sad. Yeah, sad that happens. Rats, sad little rats. They die well, doing yeah, die what they happy. loved. That's true. Starving to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, anyway, Jesus, that was dark. What else um, on the empath? I don't really think there's much else to say. Like there wasn't a lot. Yeah, there was it very little on the ship. Yeah, it was very surface level. Like it was like there was a lot of outdoors shenanigans. Even though it was so deep underground. Uh, yeah. Yeah, thought. yeah, like I, again, I can't really explain why I liked this one when others with similar failings pissed me off. Yeah, but I did. It's because Jem was so pretty, and because the, yeah, the, the 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 happy three were so great together. It just it just was. It was a good episode. I liked it. I just it's I, not I mean top I didn't five, dislike. But... I mean I did dislike it, but I didn't. Hate it. I don't have anything bad to say about it other than the fact that it just it dragged a little. It's true. It there were pacing a issues. Lot. It, yeah, the pacing was really issues. off. Like I say, that the I don't know what it was about the scoring that bothered me, but it did. Yeah, I gotta admit, I didn't give notice it another... the score at all. So I think we'll that was part. I, think I did see. notice the score, and that's what that's usually I, yeah. And also just that I don't know. I just didn't feel like it really elevated anything. There was no like it didn't elevate my. Thinking in any way, you know, I I, I kind of put, for for now, I'm like, because it was recent and because it was really good, I kind of put the sky is hollow as my, or the world is hollow and I've touched the sky. I kind of put that as my gold standard of like, this was a good episode with lots of layers and lots of of meat to think about. And like this episode just felt very, as you said, very surface level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, I didn't, it didn't bring anything new to the table. I, I went into this one knowing that it was DeForest Kelly's favorite, so I tried to like give it a good shake yeah. and realize, okay, I, I can see why he liked this. He had some fun torture stuff to do, and he had a, a, a nice, you know, deathbed confession with Spock and Kirk. And the lady was cool, but I feel like I feel like they could have used her a whole yeah. lot better as just mm. prisoner with feelings. They could have given her a fucking voice. There's no reason why she wouldn't have a voice. Huh. It didn't really add anything for her not to speak to me. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess know. it made it so that they had to spend time figuring out what was going on when she yeah. could, if she could speak, she'd just be like, oh yeah, the Vians, they're like going to torture you so that they can decide whether my species gets to live, so good luck. Yeah, I felt like that reveal, that that that's why we're doing the thing, uh, it came so, so late that I didn't even care anymore. Yeah, well that's the thing, like, what benefit was there even to the Vians? To not explain the damn thing from yeah. the start. Well, because if, because if they told them what the goal was, they wouldn't have behaved in, like, a normal way. Like, they were trying to get a, like, natural reaction from them. I instead guess. Of... I can see that. But then they, but then why fucking all the pussyfooting around? Why have the fake surface thing with Scotty? Why did they just jump right into the torture? Yeah. Because they had to learn that... Oh, they had to teach Jam... Yeah, they had to show the giving, giving yourself for others thing through this trial. That's true. So. But I feel like, again, that could have been accomplished a lot quicker. Yeah, no, it, I agree. I think, the, pacing, I think, the pacing was definitely a problem with this episode. Yeah. And why did Spock ever just mind meld with that bitch? <laughs> I wonder about that, too. That's a good question. I was like, waiting why didn't, for Why didn't he just be like, oh, she has no vocal cords. Okay, hang on a second. Touch. Oh yeah, he here's was, what's going on. He was too busy trying to mind meld with her chaise lounge to see I guess if there was so. anything good with that, I yeah. guess. Huh? Yeah, like what the hell, man? Come on, Spock. Get on it. Get with the program. Then there would be no episode. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, moving moving on. A I didn't little mean like to call that. her a bitch. I just meant like bitch. I as in, you know, I why understand. did he mind meld that bitch? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I understand. Bitch, as in the subject of thing that you do something to. <laughs> not sure that's better, but moving Probably on. Probably not. Yeah. Moving yeah, on. Moving on from from women who don't speak at all to women who talk too fucking who much. Not shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh, Ilan, you. Inconsistent bitch. There was so much going on. In this yeah, episode. yeah. This, None this, of which. This I think is one was... where we can legitimately. We, I can probably legitimately say she's a bitch because she's a total. She's bitch. a bitch. She's but her turn of heart just flips in a second. Yeah, say, I, but I, I did. I did fall in love with her with her eating habits because <laughs> a woman that can eat a green chicken like that. Holy shit! That was so gross. When they cut to it, I was just like, ugh. I mean. The the I will not eat them, Sam. I, I just am. you know this this episode just fucking like all my expectations for this episode that occurred to me while I was watching it did not happen, and mm. that was real. Like I got like blue balled like ten times during this episode because Go on. because you do a lot of edging while you're watching Star Trek. That's I, a little weird. Yeah, well you know this that's this episode did it to me. What the fuck uh, is edging? That's when you that's when you try it when you jerk off or like. And you Pl- stop right pleasure before somebody, you come. and then you stop like right before they're gonna blast. Oh, huh. and then like it's like ah, it's like intentionally blue ballsing sure, yourself. Sure, sure, sure. I guess I don't know. It's this I, has it's been weird. sex ed corner. It's weird. Yeah. Anyway, I thought like here's here, okay. Here's some examples, right? Yep. Lay it on us. So Ella, Ellen, I'm gonna call her Ellen because it's easier. Degenerous. Ellen. Yep. So Ellen, first of all, this whole thing with Kirk and crying on him. And making him fall in love with her is totally what the move that you would make if you wanted to manipulate Kirk into attacking Troyus, which yeah. is what I thought she was gonna do. Well, she even says at one and point, she started like, let's and then fuck she changed up her mind that like that ended. She realized, so she goes into the bathroom because Kirk is being mean to her. And then Kirk's like, "All right, fine, I'm leaving." And then she's like, "Wait a minute, why does nobody like me?" And then she cries on him, and he rubs the tear off, and then he he's like, "All right." Wasn't he in the fucking room? I thought he had been. When, yeah. when yeah, he, he was, knew he was there. He knew not that. to touch the tears. He was he there for anyway. exposition corner. Uh, don't worry. But like, so he, he had just stopped exposition. listening. So like that's, but that's exactly the kind of thing that I would expect her to do. Yeah. That character yeah. that, as a manipulative that they've set up like, as a manipulative bitch. Yeah. you know the whole episode, and then it's like, oh well, she's not. She hasn't really been manipulative. She's just been okay. A, she's a petulant, bossy. but she's yeah, she's a brat. Like she's just an uncivilized little brat. Fair enough. I would. Say manipulative. I would say that she's been like forceful and unruly and petulant, but I don't know. I mean, considering she's being shoved into a marriage, she doesn't. We can talk about that. We'll get to that. That's fair. That's got a lot of problems for me. But anyway, so yeah, I I think right there. So that's one expectation that didn't happen, where she she brings Kirk under her spell and then doesn't use it. Like it's not it's not really a plot point. It's not not, really now. It's not important that that happened. Yeah. The only way reason it's important is because he starts mouthing on her face. Like even when he's battling the Klingons, he specifically like doesn't attack yeah, them. It, and she asks like why didn't you attack them? She could have just said, attack them. You're under right. my power. Like, there's no attack there's them. no reason for that that whole thing with the tears not even a point. Not doesn't yeah, really, affect no. the outcome or anything. And Probably then would have made it with her anyway. And then like I, I expected it. Yeah, they could have just they could have just had it so that like on. like as he's like you know teaching her a lesson, um, <laughs> she's like you know they start to bang. I mean like like the only reason to have the tears is to give Kirk a little a, a modicum of dignity. 
Because, like, yes, having... Fucking up a diplomatic mission. Yeah, exactly. Having the captain of the escort ship bang the the cargo, for which really what she is, is wrong. But if the cargo has the power to bring the captain under her spell. Anyway. I I had sort of vaguely anticipated some sort of, like deflowering situation where like it fucks up the wedding because he's now spoiled the goods but or soiled the goods but then I realized <laughs> that this isn't Ace Ventura 2 well mm. or like more just that it's a, it's show on network TV in the 60s so they're probably not going to admit that anyone has sex yeah except for that one time that that slave girl was sent to his room well, I guess everybody sort of admits that sex happened there well but. also like I was like a little taken aback by the tell me more about this spanking line <laughs> like I was like whoa I had to go take care of some business after I heard that shit and by that I mean I had to look it up on YouTube to make sure that there was a way for me to share that clip later and there is good <laughs> sweet. news sweet yep but anywho and then the other thing that like really that I would like had expectations for was the Klingon thing I thought for sure for sure that she was either working with the Klingons or a secret Klingon herself. I didn't ah. think that, but I thought maybe love. That would be too, too trouble with tribbles, though, I think. Yeah, but if she were... But, like, because, first of all, she well, yeah, eats but, like a goddamn Klingon. <laughs> like, But it already is trouble with tribbles because her first-in-command there was working for the Klingons. Yeah. Right? I, I did, right? That was, that yeah, was yeah, the, he was working the for reason her. he was doing that, right? Okay. Yeah. He was working for the Klingons because he was jealous. Okay, okay. We gotta talk about Crichton and the rest of the bodyguards fucking like Christmas ornament suits. I hated those outfits. Oh my god. Were they wearing underwear? I don't know. I hope not. I was too busy being distracted by their pauldrons. (laughs) That sounds dirty. But her outfits. She had some good outfits. Yeah. That wedding dress was awful. The wedding, I liked it. Actually, I like that you could see her butt. Like basically, I had the opposite. I had the opposite opinion. I like she turned sideways. Like you got a full view. I like and while I appreciated the view, and I did, I felt like I was disturbed by everything she was wearing because I was just kind of like, you're sending her to marry a prince regent or whatever. Why is she dressing like this? And then I remembered, oh yeah, this is Star Trek. Yeah. It was but, a little odd. Okay, there are a couple. Oh, there are a lot of things that are really odd. So Petri, our ambassador, gives her, you know, some shoes and a necklace and her wedding dress because I guess she has to wear the wedding dress of Troyans. Well, she is property. Oof. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, when they when they realize, well, we're probably gonna get killed by Klingons. Will you take the necklace now? It's like. Dude, why are you pushing this right now? Well, We're about to die. That was, well, because he had to get the dilithium to the I know bridge, he had to get the dilithium also, to the bridge, but it was weird. I think that it was an extension of that thing where Kirk was like, I've learned that people who have prejudices usually learn that when they, you know, talk together, they kind of get over it. And I think the point was, like, they were in a desperate situation where they were reduced to just being two people that were going to die, and so they were able to set their differences apart. I don't know. I don't know if he necessarily set his differences apart. I think he was just being an ass. He seemed like a dickhead. I liked his hair, though. Uh, his hair the wig looked, looked really good. I liked it looked his green, delicious. I liked his green color. Like, it looked <laughs> like really nice ice cream. Yeah. Or candy floss. Like, like with, 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 with that nice with a swirl. Syrup swirl. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it just made I kind of was hoping that he would have been, like, because, uh, I don't know. He should have been, he should have been Orion. That would have been interesting. Or because if he was an Orion, it would make sense that they were selling women to each other. So I missed this. Was she literally sold, or we just mean in the sense of like she was married off? Yeah, you know, like they did in the old days. Yeah, like yeah. This Crusader Kings two. You know, the 
you got to marry off your daughter until you can, you know, get get in on Scotland or whatever the fuck you. Yeah, doing. exactly. Which is which, you know, this is the type of shit that I could see, fucking, you know. Actually, this is like an this is an Admiral Daughtry from Star Trek Insurrection move right here <laughs> because. This okay, so this guy, this this uh, there was an I I he may not have been named in the episode, but I guarantee, I guarantee, there was an admiral responsible for this whole thing hmm. because only an admiral would come up with a plan this fucked up. Mm. Because okay, first of all, I have to assume because. What the fuck is the importance of these planets to the Fed? What, what does the Federation care? Because first of all, they're clearly at least, at least the Elysians, elate or whatever. That they're clearly pretty primitive in terms of both cultures seem to be pre-warp. Yeah, because they because they but they, they, they they're on on the verge of like nuking each other. Right. right. Well, yeah. yeah. If they're both Federation planets, they they're on, they're don't, in the but border area between but Federation, not Federation and planets because oh. they're both. Pre-warp. They're well, both then used maybe the Federation. Nuclear. Maybe the Federation knew about the dilithium. Well, that's no, what I'm saying. Well, that's what I'm saying. I have to oh. assume that Federation knew about the dilithium. Though, if they did, they didn't tell Kirk. They didn't well, tell Kirk. But he doesn't need to know, right? It's need to know. Need They're to know saying, basis. "Go do this so, thing." And Admiral Fuckface, who yeah, is, is his name, right. is like, "It's always we need to about make, fucking mining, isn't it?" We need yep. to make sure we secure the mining rights to all the fucking dilithium in the system before <laughs> the Klingons do. So let's let's make and if there's a war, that's a perfect opportunity for the Klingons to swoop in and you know ally with one of these with one of these uh, planets, especially the really warlike primitive Klingon. Oh yeah, S-clons. the Klingons would love well, yeah, that. Yeah, the the Elasians really should be allied with the Klingons. They get on like a house on fire. Yeah, well, they even eat the same. Yeah, way. no, I said that to Caitlin. Like they've got the same table manners. They're warriors. They don't take yeah, shit. They're, they're basically Klingons. Yeah, no, be, I I feel like. Later writers looked at the Elasians and said, "Let's just nix some of this for pretty much Klingons." Yeah, but but at any rate, so the Elasians, right? So so clearly, there's an admiral who knows about this the dilithium opportunities, and apparently, there's dilithium on both planets because yeah, the Ala- the Troyan royal jewels were made out of dilithium crystals, and she's even like, "Yeah, di- oh, that's trash rock." Yeah. Um, maybe there's more of it on her planet then. Yeah, maybe because if the most valued jewels in the on the planet that's true. are the on royal Troyes. jewels are this dilithium necklace, then probably it's a little rarer there. But maybe her whole planet is made of dilithium. You know, hmm. right? So then this fucking so Admiral Fuckface then is like, well, okay, we need to secure the dilithium. The dilithium must flow. <laughs> How do we get this to work? Hmm. Well, if there's a war, then that's an opportunity for the Klingons. But if we can prevent a war, well, how do we prevent the war? Well, they're not talking to each other. But there's this hot chick who runs the show over on Alicia. The Dolman. The Dolman of Alicia. Let's get her banging with the king of uh, of Troyes. The king of Swirling. And then, like, and like, I'm just shocked that Kirk, even without having all the information, that he went on with this. You know, I feel like this is a period in time where the Prime Directive totally would apply. Yeah, no, it seems like it shit the bed here quite yeah, badly. Like, there's no... Like, A, they're getting involved in the internal affairs of pre-war civilizations, which is, by the later definitions of the Prime Directive, I don't know if that's... I know by the time TNG rolls around, pre-warp is, is, basic, a, is the yeah. cutoff point. Yeah. For, but maybe it wasn't the case here. 
but at the same time, we're still deal interfering with the the inner workings of two two planets. Yeah, and we're you know we're we're, we're fucking slave trading. Yeah. Like, we're fucking slave traders now. You know, though, what, what I think somewhat uh, works for your theory is the fact that it does open with Kirk bitching about desk-bound Federation bureaucrats having come up with the plan. Yeah, I'm sure they did. I'm willing to bet somehow Johnny Admiral is, like, the only one who knew about the dilithium. Yeah. And his long-term plan was to get this peace accord settled, retire, and then set himself up a dilithium mining operation there before anyone else could realize what was going on. And then, and then you know what? Kirk ruined it for and him. And you know what? Then he can he can buy some women from Harry Mudd. Yeah, because he loves buying women. He does. And he's a miner. Man, and fuck Mudd this guy. Sells, sells women to miners. Yeah, I'm, I'm sold. I hate him. You know what it is? This is this is this was all set up by the Prime Universe version of Admiral Robocop. That's true. That's got to be because he's got a Prime Universe equivalent in theory. Well, his daughter because his daughter exists. That's true. Although in this one, she's not British. Which is yes, never and not explained. not getting naked all the time. Thank all goodness. right, we're getting we're getting a little too deep in here. Yeah. It's funny uh, though. I, I didn't I didn't really take that much of an issue with with this arranged marriage like you do. I just I did take fine whatever arranged marriage, but I do feel like she clearly didn't want it. Yeah, and, and it I does, feel like the the Federation facilitating that seems weird. A yeah. No, I agree. Now that you're saying it, I understand where you're coming from. But it's like at first, I was just kind of like, eh, they're semi-primitive people, and they're arranging a marriage to make peace. I mean, it doesn't feel not, that unusual. I mean, they're they're semi-primitive compared to the Federation, but they do have inter, you know, not yeah, interstellar capability. But they can they can they can blow each other out of the interplanetary end. war. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it doesn't. It didn't bother me on the surface of it. It doesn't bother me because people like marrying each other off to stop wars is like mm. a tale as old as time. So I don't know. Yeah, but it's yeah, still sad, but it's not surprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it does seem. It shocks me that the Federation would be. Involved. I agree. I hadn't, so okay I hadn't really thought of it that way. I assumed it was something that the two governments had come up with together, not the Federation. I mm. missed that piece. So hmm. you were gonna say, Ames? I was gonna say. Oh, I thought you were. Oh, I was still gonna move on and talk about the the Klingon that we see and it's cloaked. For, when you first find the Klingon, these he's cloaked. He's what did they call him? Ghosting, Ghosting the sensors. Yes. Was he cloaked? I think he was well, just. Yeah, I thought he was cloaked. Kind of they out of sensor range. Like, well, well, no, he was in sensor range because they I were picking him up on the do sensors. We ever, do they ever say? Because the Klingons don't have cloak. I don't. Yeah, I don't think the Klingons formally have cloaks until Star Trek Three. That's what yeah. they want you to think. Well, if the Romulans have a Klingon ship and they can cloak, maybe they give the like, we discussed. Maybe they give their cloaking to the Klingons. Yeah, I think that's a little sketchy. But my bigger Klingons question was: so, so the Klingon swoops in after knowing that their warp is disabled. If they try to go to warp, they will blow up. Yep. Because our our good friend Crichton, with his possibly no underwear, uh, rigged the ship. How did Kirk know not to fire or not to do anything? How did he know that they wouldn't? fire on him and they were they were just waiting for him to blow himself up captain's intuition that well, because because they, they knew at that point that everything downstairs was damaged so he at least would have known that he couldn't try to go to warp because scotty's like everything's fused impulse I, power so they already know that everything downstairs is fucked so he wouldn't try to go to warp because explosion and maybe maybe the klingons don't realize that their guy's been caught, so they're still playing the game like everything's going according to plan. Uh-huh. But since Kirk knows that shit's fucked up, he's able to. I mean, well, they, Kirk... could, they could know their guy's been caught because he was trying. He there was uh, they caught some like communications going toward toward the Klingon yeah. ship from the guy. Maybe the guy stopped communicating, and they're like realized, oh, he must be caught because he's not communicating with us. But yeah, I mean, Kirk does explicitly state that 
the Klingons were hoping they just blow themselves up. Yeah, I know so that. So to, to prevent a whole war thing. So it is possible maybe they're still hoping maybe Kirk just hadn't gone to warp. They should have kept the fucking cloaking device they got from the Romulans for this kind of situation. Mm. And used that. Uh, yeah. Fools. Yeah, well... Yeah, I bet I bet the whoever they gave the the cloaking device to, but in the Federation, accidentally destroyed it or something. Well, so the thing with the cloaking device is, it's not entirely because there's the Treaty of Algernon or Algeron. I'm not sure how it's said, but it's a, tre- a treaty between the Federation and the Romulan Empire that supposedly prevents the Federation from developing cloaking technology. The thing is, I'm not quite clear on when this treaty was signed. Was it signed at the end of the Federation-Romulan War? Because if so, the Romulans didn't have cloaking then, so why would they include that in the treaty? When did this treaty come up? It gets it comes up in the Pegasus, a TNG. Maybe it was part of the Kimmeter Accord, Accords, like just a side thing. Could be. But yeah, so the, anyway, so the, the Federation is specifically prevented from developing cloaking technology, at least by the time TNG rolls around. Well, that's 80 years out. Yeah. So it's unclear to me why they why not every Federation ship is now equipped with a cloak, considering they stole one from the Romulans. That's why I'm saying maybe the engineer couldn't figure it out. They, they didn't have Scotty. Scotty was busy. It took, yeah, it took the it took Scotty like twenty minutes to plug the thing in. Yeah, but that's plugging it in. That's not creating a new one. Yeah. According to Memory Alpha, mm-hmm. the Treaty of Algaron was signed in 2311 following the Tomed incident. Oh, okay. So that's. That so it doesn't exist this. yet. Yeah, it doesn't so exist. you're right. They should have been developing it. Yeah. No reason not to. But well, maybe they were, but like, you know, they dropped it off and then they had to warp a billion miles away to do their. To go to a wedding. <laughs> exactly. So they haven't had time to go pick up their new, new Federation standard issue clothing device. So you know what? What? I feel like was this epi- okay? What is the real life, real world parallel? If the Klingons, for this episode, I mean, if, if the Klingons are the Soviet Union mm-hmm. and the Federation is the United States, mm-hmm. what East Asian country are the two planets? Is it Vietnam? I was and, say, is it Vietnam? It could be. I mean. You're just saying that because the because the actress was of Vietnamese descent. Well, no, no, but it's because like North and South but Vietnam clear, were like this is clearly yeah. a proxy thing. Do you right? think so? I mean, if it's Maybe clearly not competi- that it's clearly competition yeah, with I the Klingons. Clearly. I mean, it's on the Klingon Federation border. The Federation has an interest in maintaining peace, which is weird because you know sometimes un peep is just un peep. It's true. Could this be a Marshmallow peep. Mm. East Berlin, West Berlin thing? They never were threatening to go to war in the same way. They were always more of a war of intelligence. Yeah. A cold war? Well, I mean, that's why I say, like, because in real life, the Vietnam War and, like, the actions in Cambodia, those were obviously, I'm not going to say primitive, because that's pretty fucked up to say, but they they were, like, they were not, they were guerrilla wars, they were... Fighting in the jungle, the United States and the Soviet Union, which were technological powerhouses at the time, were fighting these people that were basically, you know, getting their asses handed to them because they didn't know ass- how to deal well, with it. Well, yeah, because they were, yeah, they, they were fighting a guerrilla war. Yeah, you know, similar to when, like, I mean, we really we didn't do well against guerrilla warfare in Vietnam. Russia wouldn't do well against guerrilla warfare in uh, Afghanistan. Yeah, it's funny to me because like. 
America won the revolution because they, like, didn't do the whole, like, phalanx shit, like, bright red uniforms and, like, strict, like, formation, you know, against mm. that the British were doing. And it's, like, kind of funny that... Ten seconds later, we forgot about that. Yeah, we forgot that. about that. Well, you know, uh, the Vietnam War, the way it was fought... Because they were fight, they weren't fighting an army. I mean, they were fighting an army. Obviously, the Viet Cong were an army, but the they weren't fighting a traditional army. Mm. They basically, I think that's actually a pretty good analogy because the the in this scenario, the United States was coming in like the British were in the Revolution yeah. because they were just they were fighting the wars that they knew how to fight. Yeah, and that but the people that they were fighting, the Vietnamese, were fighting. The way they knew how to fight, which was to in like in the woods and, and dirty, like, and like they did, yeah, they fought <laughs> which dirty. Which again is exactly how the Americans right. fought they in the fought, revolution. They totally fought dirty, yeah. and that's fine. I mean, good for them. We shouldn't have been fighting them in the first place. Yeah. We got these woods, and you enter them, you're not coming out. Yeah, that's why Apocalypse Now is such a great movie. Really good movie. It's a good movie. You guys ever read the things they carried? No. Yes. Super good book. What's it about? Not in a very it's about, long time. It's about the Vietnam War. By, it's written by, I believe, uh, a veteran. And it's written very, very well. So the, the thing, it's a collection of short stories, more or less. And he writes a lot of, um, like, war novels and stories and such. And the titular story from the collection is called The Things They Carried. And it just it just lists, like, things you carry through the jungle. And it's like, you know, we, we carry... This is so-and-so, he carries the med kit. This is so-and-so, he carries, you know, the fucking giant gun. This is so-and-so, he carries the communications device. And it just kind of follows them as they're going along, whilst they're also carrying each other and carrying their feelings and carrying all this other stuff. And carrying the weight of the guy that got blown up in a fucking cave. And now they have to carry whatever he was carrying also. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the strong guy here carries the big, heavy fucking trunk. Hmm. Interesting. What's it, the things they carry? The things they carry. Really I'd good. like to read that. That sounds good. I actually wonder if there's some parallels here to like the banana republics of South, of Central and South America that the United States set up. Maybe I, I mean, certainly want to look it up and see if there are any political like weird political yeah, narratives. Yeah, in the, 60s the, the now, like the United States supported because it just it just seems like it's too specific of a scenario for it to just be something that the, the writers came up with. Mm-hmm. Mm. But, I don't know. but you know, it's a metaphor it's for the CIA-led coups in South America. Right, was this that's the what I'm one saying, that was a like... fan submission, or was the last episode the fan no, submission? No, the empath was a fan submission. Ah. Was it? An un- it was an unsolicited, unsolicited script uh, written by a fan. Huh. Hmm. One of relatively few that they took. Trouble, trouble, Troubles was another one. Really, it was not solicited. Crazy. Mm-hmm. I think that was like written by Gene Kuhn or something, wasn't it? Trouble, Troubles. Maybe a mistake. No. Anyway, the last thing I want to talk about in Elan of Troyes was Uhura loses her fucking room. Right? Yeah, poor Uhura. What a, oh my god, that's supposed, such a shame. Supposedly she volunteered. Yeah, yeah. so it was I like, mean, we need a room for this lady. She demands quarters. I don't know where they were planning on keeping these people for the... For Closets. The, well, I would imagine, like, the Enterprise, trip. considering they do escort duty all the time, like, bringing ambassadors, like, where did Sarek stay? Where did Khan stay? Where, Khan yeah, had a place. Like, they, they must have, they the must have like, diplomatic, <laughs> diplomatic quarters yeah, that are reserved for that purpose. Or, like, some extra rooms, because, you know, they lost eight red shirts last week. <laughs> yeah, but it had to be Ahura's quarters, because she had to be able to bitch and piss and moan about all the womanly whatever. Yeah. These pillows! 
I do not use pillows, you cunt. Yeah, really, that could have been any room, really. I'm pretty sure everyone on the fucking Starship yeah. Enterprise has pillows. Fine, look, here. here's a shitty little, like, utility tube in the nacelle. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't give out Walter's quarters because they would, you know, the pillow wouldn't just been a pillow, it would have been his waifu. Yeah, he has, <laughs> he has like, a flashlight built into it or something. Oh. And also... His sperm is just floor to ceiling in there, everywhere. Just I like everywhere. to imagine Uhura Do was you? Uh, I don't bunking know where we're with going. Chapel. All right. Mm. And like, there's a lot. There's a much better episode, which is just the two of them having pillow fights. No. Okay. Sorry. I was gonna say just, just kind of sitting and sort of like having really sort of thoughtful, lengthy conversations about their place in the fleet and careers. It gets really existential. I'd like to read that short story. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'd, I'd be interested in yeah, the deeper thoughts of Chapel and Uhura. Ames. Mm. I'm not interested in that. Oh. Also, this, I have to say, I don't know if this was just me or not, but I <laughs> did not look like Uhura's quarters. It had her chair. It had her chair. It did not have her vanity, though. Hmm. No, no mirrors and, and actually no literal vanity either. You feel like she probably would have like. Well, the they nice finally table took my them. advice and got rid of all the mirrors <laughs> in Ahura's rooms because well, she those, keeps seeing weird shit in them. That's true. As they've established, those vanities do turn that's and hide true. It the wall. Be, yeah. It could have been turned. Oh yeah, because that was established way back with Janice, I think. Yeah. Oh, you, you meant an actual vanity, or did she you had, mean her vanity? Ahura's room has a vanity. That has a mirror. Over See, it. when you said they missed, they where was her vanity? I thought you meant the fact oh. that she is vain. Well, I thought it was very like, poetic of you, actually. Nah, but now nah, I see. I read where too is, much. Where is where is vanity? She was pissed that her room apparently wasn't good enough for Queen Dolman there. Mm. But by good enough, it means it was too comfortable. Well, true, but she didn't realize that. Yeah, at first. Too many so. soft pillows. But she was yes. really. She was I really gave up sad. my nice soft pillows for this bitch. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. And, you know, I, I actually really did like the portrayal of the dolmen. I liked her at first because she was very different. Like, and they, they like, made the point of bringing up, like, the women are, are fucking crazy town. But the fact that she, like, went, it, like, once she, like, put her mouth on Kirk, she her personality oh, changed. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. And it was absolutely. like, ugh, why? Kirk's mouth is not magic. Guys, yeah. really. There are definitely yeah. two Dolmans in this episode. There was yeah. there was the first half of the episode where she is a badass and she's like having it her way and if if you fuck with her shit, she's going to s- literally stab you in the back. Literally. Mm-hmm. If you try uh, to give her any presents, or she's throw, gonna stab or the or shit like out of you. Or like throw a knife at you. Like she's a she's pretty badass. And like and I and with good reason because she's been fucking sold and that's a thing to be pissed off about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And she's been raised on this planet where you know they they talk about how the the men are like fucking barbarians basically. But and then but then like as you say her change really happens because she really nobody likes me. And I need a spanking. I need a spanking. Boo, boo, boo. And then she's like, cook. Put me in the palm of your hand, and that's what happens. Yeah, like yeah, she does just suddenly lose like all of she, her personality. She loses all her personality and becomes fucking Kirk's woman. Mm. Yeah, and so they're notching his really, lipstick that's case. That's really sad. Sorry, like, sweetheart. Like, they they the took only it, like, a pretty cool character and made it like Kirk's broad. You know? Yeah, it's too bad. It and actually like, is too bad because she was really cool. She was cool. Every time I feel like. <clears throat> 
And I feel like we don't see a lot of, like, women of, like, any real power, so it's almost even worse in that case. Yeah, it's, yeah, just it's like, like we had the same problem with the, with the Romulan commander lady yeah. and her yep. jonesing for like Spock. Like, she was yep. a badass, and then she's like, Spock, I want to suck your pointy penis. Ooh, it would be is pointy. This, is his penis pointy? We've discussed like this. like his ears. We talked about oh, this. Oh, good, okay, good. And then, uh... I had forgotten this important I'm just like, I like to imagine item. a follow-up to this episode, a continuation... Where she murders her husband on their wedding night. Oh, you know she does. <laughs> yeah. But she gave Kirk her knife. That's true. No, it's because she's going to use poison. You yeah. know, because she's the women's a woman. Or she's just going to break his fucking yeah, I, say, I don't think she has much... Pro- I don't think she needs a weapon to murder no. somebody. Well, especially, I mean, if that ambassador is any indication... The Troyans are all just pasty blue people oh. with ice cream hair. Maybe a pandy a little dick. bit. What a fucking dick bag that guy is. He was a bad ambassador. I didn't think he was a dick. I don't think he was a jerk. I just think he was a tool. He was a bad... I mean, he... Like, he's just like, oh, I'm a... You're an... Like, after he got... Yeah, that's his culture. Like, they all could be like that. his culture is shitty. Well, that's fine. I understand, like, after he gets stabbed, he doesn't want to be reasonable. But before he got stabbed, like, dude... You're really bad at this ambassador thing. The whole point of being an ambassador is to put aside your, like, personal bullshittery to Yeah, but when to... she's treating him like shit, it's kind of hard to, like, be her teacher. But he knows. But he's, he like, imploring her and, like, say, giving think, her nice gifts and, like, all this shit. I don't think this would happen. Oh, well, so just because he Sarah. puts in some nice and some presents, she's supposed to, like, okay? I what like... I mean is, like, he's... I'm just... I'm not saying that. I'm saying that he is... Doing the diplomatic thing, which is he is offering gifts and, like, you know, giving her respect and being like, you know, you're going to be like one of us and here's some things. Like, I don't feel like he does anything wrong. I wouldn't say he's particularly good at it because if he had done... What he really needed to do was research. A good diplomat should have done research. That's what I was going to say, is that, like, he clearly knows nothing about... He just knows their maybe, about them. But maybe they don't know anything about them because they haven't ever had good relations. No, like, again, how do you like, get I information about like them? Like, you don't, like, go in... You don't get to the point of political marriage without knowing anything about the little. culture. Yeah. Uh, unless it's set up by Ambassador Fuckface who hasn't bothered... Well, to, that's what I'm saying. Ambassador oh, okay. Fuckface is a fucking idiot. He doesn't understand the other culture. He's... He's v- openly hostile towards them. Thinks they're animals. Yeah, and like it's like you know, honestly, what kind of fucking ambassador is like? Yeah, the people I'm dealing with, they're fucking animals. They're fucking horrible. And my god, they should have sent Sarek. It's like yeah, Sarek would have dealt with this shit so much better. Yeah, Sarek knew how to fucking ambass. And for all we know, for all Did we know, I say ambassador, I meant admiral. Fuckface. Oh yeah, admiral. Admiral fuckface. fuckface. That's why they don't know anything about each other because admiral fuckface oh, was yeah. just like, I'm gonna slap these so jigsaw think, puzzle pieces I don't together. Think, I don't think ambassadors. Swirly hair. Swirly hair. Petri. Petri. I don't think ambassador Petri was an ambassador at all. What? I think he was just. Some guy, some patsy, that Admiral Fuckface hired. <laughs> what if he is the Prince Regent of Troyes? It's some Aladdin shit. <gasps> Arabian night, Arabian nights, Arabian nights, Arabian nights, Arabian nights. And with that, 
This has been episode 35 Is of Aladdin a, a racist movie? Probably. Um, some of the lyrics... Uh, yes, well, yes. Jafar is definitely racist yeah. because he's evil and he's the only one that has features... Um, more ethnic features. Yeah, he's, he's uh, like the original, the, brown guy. the original release of the film had uh, a line which was something along the lines of, it's, "Where they cut off your hand if they don't like your face." That they changed that when they released it on de- on tape. Yep, no, there's a lot of fucked up shit about Aladdin, but maybe that's a ten forward episode. Maybe it's probably I, not. I don't know no. if there's a st- no, it's not <laughs> Disney Disney ten forward, but yeah, that'd be uh, fun. Titan and AE is I not Disney, fun. but it could be anyway. Oh no, uh, that awful Treasure Planet. I never saw Treasure Planet. Yeah, I've heard it's not good. Osmosis Jones. That Disney? I don't know who did that. Shatner's in it though, so. Oh, there you go. There's, there's our in. Take us out, Chris. I'm trying. Thank you very much for joining us for episode 35 of A Star to Steer Her By. This is a terrible episode of our podcast. Thank you, Jake. Yeah, you're right. We didn't talk about touching dicks or is, diarrhea or fisting not, nearly not entertaining. enough. entertaining. Our audience is going to leave us. This is horrible. We actually what had, audience? We had an adult conversation mostly for I once. I know, and that's what irritates me so much. Hey, don't make me administer the old earth tradition of spanking. Hold on. You petulant brat. Tell me more about this ass fisting. <laughs> Nailed it. We saved the episode. Tell me more about jizzing horse dildos. <laughs> Do you know that's a thing? Horse shaped like horse dick, not horse shaped, but horse dick shaped dildos that squirt fake jizz. Yeah, why does it have to be fake? Do you know about Do you know about the ovipositor? Because because they, I I do know about the ovipositor. My friend at work was telling you about this. You just scared me. We gotta do a ten forward on the ovipositor. No, we don't. It's so fucking horrible and weird. It is. I watched a video of a woman doing Jello shot eggs out of it. What? Okay. There's a mold. I'm right? just gonna say for the record what the ovipositor is, and then we'll get on to the to the end of the episode. Sorry, I've had two fucking giant glasses of gin, so excuse me. Um, <laughs> Thank God we've got two more episodes ovipositor to, watch to try to sober is you up. a dildo. It's a dildo that you preload with these gelatin, gelatin eggs. eggs. Gelatin mm-hmm. eggs. You fuck it, and then it impregnates you with its gelatin eggs. It squirts the gelatin egg inside of you. Yeah, but you really have to make it do it. Like, if you ever seen them, like, you really have to, like, milk that egg into you. You know, I honestly haven't seen the demo of it. I just, I know what it is. I'll send you the jello shots thing. It's not This will not be going on the Facebook page for those who are wondering. I think we need a triple X. I mean, our our podcast is rated E for explicit on As opposed to E for everyone. I don't think Facebook will let us post a sexually explicit video. Well, again, it's literally women, like, taking jello jello eggs out of them. We're not. not. Well, I'm just saying, I'll send you that so you can see how the mechanic of it works. I'm obviously not going to send you porn, but these women loaded jello shot eggs into it. porn, too. I'm okay with that. All right. Fine. That's fine. I've got a nice... Yeah, the ovipositor. What a fucking weirdo thing. And, like, it's... Yeah, people are sex, love all kinds of weird shit. Weird, man. It's weird. Bizarre. Like, the spanking seems much more normal now compared yeah. to this. Well, I mean, in the '60s weirdness. though, there was no ovipositor in the '60s. There was no jizzing horse dildo in the '60s. If well, you wanted a yeah, horse you had to cock, fuck a horse. Yeah. yeah, if you wanted a horse cock inside you, you had to fuck a horse <laughs> in the '60s. And please by join God, us. They did next week. <laughs> Start that again for. Whom gods destroy? They destroy us for horse dildo. <laughs> And the intensely unsubtle, let that be your last battlefield. Wait, 
are you black on the right side and white on the right side, or black I, on the right side and black on the left side? Jake has is way too much <laughs> drink in right now. Shut up! Jake's in You want to redo that, Chris? No, it's fine. So that we can cut Jake out of the podcast entirely. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Do please find and like our Facebook page, A Star to Steer Her By. We are on Twitter and Tumblr as SSHB Podcast. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever your favorite podcasting app is. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, <laughs> tell your bartender... Tell CK Dexter Haven. Tell your fucking AA brothers, Jake. <clears throat> Whoever you'd like. I've been Chris. I've been Ames. I've been Caitlin. And this is always Jake, you fucks. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to tip your yeoman. Be sure to cut Jake off. I uh, <laughs> uh, what's What's the song that Riley sings? Oh, um, he sings. I can only think of the one that the other one sings. Jolene, 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 Jolene. All right, good. That's good episode. That's not what Riley sings. That's no Riley. It was a good episode until the end there. That was um, Dolly Parton singing Jolene. Jolene, Jake, you're cut off. Dolly Parton has large breasts. Now, well, now Zaba, just, apparently, not a good teacher. Now I just imagine, like, fucking Kirk, Spock, and McCoy doing goddamn B.A. Bay there. B.A. Bay, What the hell is that? It's an old Three Stooges bit. They, uh... They are you don't cons- know that? I don't know that. They oh, are confused man. for teachers who are expected at, like, an all-girls college or something. And they just run with it. And they end up singing this ridiculous, delightful song. Mm. So, because you said Kirk and a mortarboard, because they're in like mortarboards and gowns, so as professors wear. Yes, 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 yes. So <laughs> all the time. Yes, constantly. Especially. In I the think show. if I were were a professor, I would insist on wearing <laughs> academic attire. I mean, I think it's within one's rights as a professor if they want. Well, I think like in may, maybe I'm just imagining this from the movies, but like at some prestigious universities in jolly old England, like. Lecturers actually dress that way. I think some of the older, stuffier ones will still do that, yeah. where they'll still have them wear. The I figured like, you would know, being British yourselves. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think that's I actually. I honestly have no idea. Actually, so my my sister and her now husband, then fiance, went to a uh, school in Northern England that it's now independent, but was originally part of either Oxford or Cambridge, one of the two big fancy ones. Mm. And some of the schools within the school were still so fucking hoity-toity that when you went to dinner, you actually had to wear, like, your gown. <laughs> so, yes, they do still do that bullshit in some of the mossier schools. Waterboard. Mm. Waterboard. I don't even know what that is. It's the weird flat it's the, Yeah, it's the hat with the oh, when you're, when you're, flat when you're, graduation When you're bricklaying, you have a... Okay, we're done with Jake now. See, that's the thing. Is, that's what, when I think of mortar, that's what I think of. Yeah, so. that's, well, that's where the name comes from. Oh, yeah. brilliant. It's also like a cap. I don't know. There's, I'm sure there's an official name for it. I think mortar board is a nickname for it. Really? I didn't know this. Because um, well, it looks like a mortar board. Well, in England, we call it Eggie in the Basket. <laughs>